You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, broadcast live to air on Edge Radio 99.3 FM and proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. The Dice Men Cometh! G'day everyone, Garth here, live from Tumbalong Park in Darling Harbour. Just come off our eight-day cruise sailing the high seas through New Caledonia. I'm feeling very tanned, very relaxed. Managed to read two books and even spent some time with my kids. Believe it or not, that's what we do, gamers. So look, I'm going to leave it with Mark and Leon for episode 292. They're going to discuss their own episodes of Tainted Grail, this massive, massive Kickstarter success. And also for all you serial killer fans... A game about H.H. Holmes, who was an American serial killer, apparently. Um, so anyway, look, if anyone else is around in a week or so, I'm going to be in Canberra with Mark for CanCon, the biggest, most ACT gaming convention around. Hope to see you there. But apart from that, I'll live with the boys for episode 292 of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly presented by our good friends at LFG. Thank you so much, Garth. Oh, we're here. We're working. Eight-day cruise. Doesn't that sound lovely? God, I hate him sometimes. Yeah, most of the time I find. <laughs> anyway, you are here on episode 292 of The Dice Men Cometh on Thursday, the 16th of January mm-hmm. in this new year 2020. Leon? Yes, sir. You're here in the studio with myself, Mark. I am indeed. We are a tad late because, funnily enough, we were playing a board game at the pub. That's who, right. Who would have thunk it, but we got here in the end. And we are going to talk about that game, Leon. It is, yes. as Garth mentioned, Crimes in History, colon, H.H. Yeah. Mm. H. Holmes' Murder Castle. Which is a cracking weed of a Wikipedia article if you ever have the chance to have a look at it. I'll say. We're going to feature that. It's actually on Kickstarter right now. Sure is. We were lucky enough to get a, a preview copy sent to us all the way from the US of A. Yes. And then we're going to talk about my new hotness that I've teased a bit a few times Tainted Grail, the Fall of Avalon from Awakened Realms, that massive, massive game. I don't think you've ever mentioned it before. Um, If we've got time, I've got a bit of BGG stats and I've even got a bit of Kickstarter news as well. That, I reckon, is going to pretty much fill this just under an hour because we're starting late. Yeah, we should probably crack on to the first song, I reckon. But we will say thank you so much to our fantastic sponsor, LFG Australia. Check them out at lfg-oz.com.au. They've got some great online sales at the moment. They've got events happening in Canberra. Speaking of Canberra, Garth and myself are going to be at CanCon in a week and a half's time. Oh, that sounds lovely. Amazing. We'll be back shortly with the Dice Man Cometh. Here we go. Hello, everyone. My name is Rene Soria. And I listen to the Dice Men every time they don't uh, delete the uh, episode. Thank you. Public Enemy with Bring the Noise on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men cometh proudly. Waka, 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 (laughs) waka. Yes, waka, waka, indeed. Because I believe the Muppets had something to do with that song. Uh, A great song. I actually have the heavy metal of that version of that song have had it on my iPad for many 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 years iPod even Uh, yes and also proudly brought to you by our good friends at LFG get on to LFG hyphen Oz to check them out now Marky boy this 
this tainted grail game. Yeah. I, I've not heard of it. No one else in the board gaming world has heard of it. But you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna trap on about it. So yes, no, it is one of the hotnesses, if not the hotness of last year. And you finally got it sand onto the table. And I'm guessing it probably hasn't left that table. It, it is still on the table. That's it's been there pretty much for the last two mm. weeks or so. Yep. Pushed aside to the edge and then brought back every time. Um, <laughs> so you're right, Leon, it is not Tainted Love, but Tainted Grail. Mm, the Fall the of Avalon. The Fall of Avalon, because there are some expansions on the way. Oh, because why not? <laughs> but before I talk about that, let's talk about the designer, Christoph Piskorski. Piskorski. See, I'm not the only one that can pronounce That's things right. right. He, now, he is actually a uh, quite famous Polish fantasy fiction author, ah. which is, of course, why... The writing in this game, the story is so great. The other designer is the head honcho of Awaken Realms, Marcin Svierkot. Mm. Um, he, I think, is the owner of Awaken Realms, but he's also been involved in a lot of different games. As I mentioned, Awaken Realms is the publisher, and you may know them from such games as This War of Mine, mm. Lords of Hellas. The Edge, Dawnfall, and of course, one of our favourites, Leon yep. Nemesis. So this is a company that essentially didn't exist, say, three years ago, and mm-hmm. now is arguably in the conscious of gamers in the top five or so of developers, from what a lot of people would think, I think. And they've got, I think, three of the top ten yeah. ever funding Kickstarter projects. Mm-hmm. Great Wall they had recently wasn't. Yeah, didn't smash it out of the park like the other ones did, but no, it just made a quite. It still made a quite like meal, didn't it? Yeah, look, <laughs> at least, and I think you know that was the interesting thing. There was that was more of a Euro game. Yep. Even though it did have the minis in there, because they did start off as a mini painting studio. Yep, makes sense. That's where they uh, they established themselves. That's why their minis are so horrible looking now. That's right, <laughs> and then they sort of got into those mini based games. Yeah, but unlike got to be careful. I was going to say, unlike someone like Simon, where they've got minis, yeah, not much of a game. Oh, <laughs> man, we don't have enough time to debate no, what no, that no, ridiculousness. But look, you know, as we said, with this war of mine, yep. Then with Lords of Hellas was a bit hit and miss. I think. Yeah, I mean, Lord, yeah. It's certainly not getting the rave reviews such as Nemesis no. and Tainted Grail. Now, let me talk a little bit about BGG rankings. Ooh, so. It's ranked number 224. Mm-hmm. It's only been delivered three, you know, a month and a bit, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ranked number 17 thematic game. But the important thing that I think is an indication of where this game is going to go, the average rating of this game, as in yep. what people rate it on average, yep. when they're with their individual rating, is 8.99. So you could call it nine mm. if we round to one decimal place, okay? <laughs> The average rating of Gloomhaven, uh-huh. 8.85. Right. The average rating, uh, rating of Pandemic Legacy Season 1, uh-huh. 8.6. Well, I think I've got to get on there and change those numbers quite slightly. <laughs> so, it, But how, of course, uh, BGG rank the games as far as like the top 10 goes is there's a thing called a, I think I read it online, a Gaussian ranking, and I'm sure a maths person will correct me, but it's basically it's weighted by how many people have ranked it. Yeah, sure. So just over, I think it's 2,300 or 2,600 people have rated this game. As a comparison, uh, and it is the highest ranked game on BGG with over 2,000 ratings. Fair enough. As in... 
that 8.99 is the highest number of any game yep. with more than 2,000 ratings. There's wow. lots of games where 10 people have rated it and it's a 10. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, because the designers just got on there and created nine other profiles. <laughs> We've not heard of actual accounts of that <laughs> happening at all. Gloomhaven, as I said, is uh, the average rating is 8.85. It has 31,000 ratings. Wow. I still... So that's why it's so high. That is insane that that many people have got their hands on that game. And and that's the amazing thing is uh, imagine if, if 31,000 people get their hands on this game mm-hmm. and those other... 29,000 people like it as much as the first 2,000. It'd be the number one game on Board Game Geek. But the question is, how many copies could actually get out there? Oh, I don't, well, if that many copies of Gloomhaven could get out there, who knows? Well, I get. I mean, Gloomhaven did have two lots of Kickstarters. Yes. Plus, it's had a pretty wide retail release. Now, the yes. thing about Awakened Realms is I don't know how much that that this this will have a second round mm-hmm. because I've got more stuff to come with the expansions and the stretch goals and things. Yep. And what we saw with Nemesis in particular was it didn't take off up the board game geek charts until that second round came out. I think 90-odd percent of people got that second That's round, right, and I they, believe. People go for the single shipping because it saves money as well. So mm-hmm. I think the same thing will happen with this. Sure. When we see the second round, which I think is about August or September this yeah, year. Yeah, the number will go up significantly. You know, then you'll hear a lot more about it. But already you are hearing quite a bit maybe... One other comparison I had while we're talking rankings, Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated has a rating of 8.9. Nice. um, But it only has 620 ratings. So it's got... Needs quite a lot more ratings for it to to climb up. The power of Kickstarter as opposed to retail. There you go. It's quite evident there. I think you'll find. So now, Tainted Grail: The Fall of Avalon. Let me give you. Yeah. So what is this damn game? A bit of theme. I can find the starting. Paragraph. Is it on the sheet that I have? Ah, no, you've got it. This island was never meant for humans. Ooh. Looming on the border between our reality and the ancient power known as the weirdness, it was populated by a mysterious legendary race. Humans came here anyway, with their wooden ships, their ambitious king, and his fellowship. Of knights. You can have my axe. Running from a plague ravaging their distant homeland, they took the island piece by piece, raising many years of foreboding shape and mysterious purpose. The former masters of the island faded into legend. <laughs> 400 years later, not even their name remains. The people of Avalon call them the Four Dwellers. Times are harsh. The Red Death is back. The men years are dying, and without their power, the land itself crumbles back into the weirdness. That's why your hometown has gathered five of its strongest and wisest heroes and sent them to find help in distant Camelot. As these champions set out to brave the dangers of the wildland, you watch from afar. You are not one of them. Oh. And that's your introduction well, to Tainted Grail, the fall of Avalon. That all sounds very serious, Mark, except for the weirdness. <laughs> Is that seriously the name of it, the weirdness? Yes, but it's spelt W-Y-R-D. So sort of maybe it's like... Why, weird, word. 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 
Word. Yeah, okay, that makes Word. a bit more sense. And one of the characters is called Maggot, I see. Yes. Which is very Australian. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, much reminds you, there are a lot of these, uh, a lot of things, a lot of things, start again. Yes. We can edit this bit out. No, I won't. <laughs> there are a lot of things in this game that remind you of a video game. Uh-huh. And, in fact, they've made a video game or they're making a video game of this game. There's an alpha release out at the moment that all the people who went in the Kickstarter got an alpha key for Steam. Nice. And you can go and play it. And it even they've even made a different story that doesn't spoil this story. That's a very... I might actually give it a crack Which in that is case. clever. Mm. Um, so, but, yeah, much like... Like, when I read that, it's like, oh, that could be the introduction to yep. 50 different video games. Pretty much. So, you... There are... Four characters to choose from. A sort of a wild fifth character that was a stretch, uh, stretch goal, or a, or a free a freebie you got on day one of the Kickstarter. Yep, you're not one of the heroes of the story. Oh. The heroes have gone off, but what you find out when you read the introduction letter that each character has from their, if you like, their master, their mentor, the mm-hmm. person they were friends with, who was one of the heroes, is if we if you don't hear from us in a while. Well, maybe you might have to step up. And, of course, what has happened is we haven't heard from them for a while. No one Ew. knows where they have gone. Mm. And so your job is basically to find... Your first job is to yeah. sort of find out what happened to them. Wow. And thus the story begins, Leon. I'm going to take a stab and say that they got corrupted and now they're big evils. Well... At, at a pinch. I... But you're probably not going to tell not me. going to tease any or spoil anything in this no. story because it is a massive very much along the lines of a choose your own adventure now it's not quite a sandbox yep so this game how it works is you have a rule book of course leon that thing i placed in front of you earlier that is the tutorial guide and again seems pretty straightforward much like a video game there is a tutorial little mini campaign yep and which much, which takes you about an hour to play, which teaches you how to play the game. Much like we've seen lately in things like Fog of War and things of... Fog of War. Fog, Fog of Love. They're completely different things, Fog of War are. and Love. that are that They're always good that these games are going to... Quite complicated, some of them, that are going to take quite a while that teach you from a simple setup. Yeah, yeah, it. it's right. And then... Um, so this game has a map system, much like Seventh Continent. You have these really big sort of tarot-sized cards that form the map. Now... In that little uh, opening story, I mentioned the men here's. Now, anyone who read Asterix oh, yes. might remember that Obelix, the big guy, used yep. to carry around those big stones that were called yeah. men here's. Yeah. That was I, the only place that I knew men here from. I can't actually remember why he used to carry them everywhere at the top of my head. Uh, because he was strong enough to throw them. I, yeah, that's fair enough. Basically, but like, they used and to, no one else was. They used to mine them and make them, and for what purpose? I yeah, so men here's are basically sort of like standing stones, so yeah. they might be used to be worshipped or to mark something. Mm. Now, the men here's in this game, though, are pretty amazing because they are massive minis that are about... So your minis of your character are about normal mini size. Uh-huh. The men here's are about four times as tall as your minis, and they are these sort of grotesque-looking four-armed skeleton-y things with candles on them at various placing. There's three models, and they're all different. They're all amazing. Yep. And, Leon, you'll be happy to know I did get sun drop on this. Oh, well done. So they did look really great. They do look really great. Good to hear. Um, so... 
what how the exploration in this game works as i said you have the cards and then when you you have to light a men here and that men here will let you see the eight cards that are around the card that the men here's on but not see any further because that's as far as they drive the weirdness back. And that's also the fog of war. Ah, there you, there go. you go. Slip of the tongue that made sense afterwards. <laughs> so to explore outside those cards, you need to find another men here on one of those nine yep. and light that. And Makes that will sense. then open up more cards and more cards. Now, the thing is to light these men here is they take a bit of effort in terms of you have to use resources, mm-hmm. uh, including magic, to light them and it becomes quite tricky so at the start of the game you actually just have to work you have to work out how you actually light them uh-huh. um, and then you go on from there I hope that no that wasn't spoiling um, <laughs> one of the other things about this game is there's lots of fighting of course because in a place like this of course there's going to be nasty beasties mm-hmm. you might even come no I won't say that you'll come across <laughs> all sorts of things and you'll need to fight them yep and there is a very ingenious card battle system okay um where the cards have these symbols on the side so each character has a set of what are they battle cards no no oh, well they do but no so they each have characteristics okay so there are six characteristics you have six sort of fighting characteristics which are aggression aggression courage and practicality yep you also have diplomacy in this game and you have a set of battle cards and a set of diplomacy cards and then your diplomacy characteristics are empathy caution and spirituality mm. so you can be stronger in one or more of these things and each character of the four different characters is sort of a bit different you know, there's one guy who's like an ex-blacksmith and he's really big and strong, but he's not very friendly. Yeah, okay. You know, the guy that I'm playing, Arev, he's like a farmer, but he was a mercenary in a previous life. So he's okay at a bit of everything. Yep. You've got a guy who's like a magic-y, priest guy who's good at some other things. Anyway, you, you, they're mixed up like that. And so the icons on the cards relate to these characteristics. Mm-hmm. There's also an icon generally for magic. Yep. But you have to power the magic icon by spending a magic point. And magic is quite hard to come by. And so what you do is it's like a little puzzle. You line these cards up. So you'll play one starting card that you can play for free. But then every other card after that, it has to have this little gold icon, which means you can play it for free. And then it has to line up with at least one of the other ones. And so you end up with this sort of puzzle that goes across the board where I'll play two or three cards. My partner Sarah, she'll play our two two or three cards in between you playing your cards. The bad guys will do their thing and depending on on the card itself it will say, depending on how damaged the creature is or the person is what he'll actually do to fight you back. He might do damage. Yep. He might reduce the damage that you've done to him. He might steal your cards. All sorts of crazy things. It's quite a clever little system, the battle cards. The diplomacy is sort of similar except with diplomacy you're not doing damage. You've sort of got a track where you want to move the little marker to one end of the track to to show that you have been successful in your diplomatic endeavour, whether it's trying to win over the townspeople or avoid temptation in the local tavern or whatever it might be. And then the other end of the track is if it gets to there, then you've lost that diplomatic encounter and bad things will happen. As one does. Um, Obviously, you can... There is food. You need to feed yourself and you can get food by killing creatures. There, uh, you build your reputation. That's another one of your statistics. Um, you get experience points, and you can use your experience points to increase 
those characteristics that I mentioned or to build your deck, either your combat deck or your diplomacy deck. So there's a deck building element in this, mm-hmm. which is really nice. But the character development is also great because you've really got open slather on which direction you send your character. I might start with a battle guy and I might choose to have him develop empathy Ooh, because interesting. he decided he wanted to be nice to people. Yeah. Y- you might not, but, you know, you, you have that, that freedom. Um, they have lovely double-layer character boards. So there's these little plastic cubes that you use to capture everything, to, to keep track of all your resources, to measure your health, to measure your terror, yep. which is like insanity because you can go in insane in this game because it's a scary place. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, the, the lovely double-layer double uh, char- uh, character boards are really nice. And then, as I said, it's a lot like a choose-your-own-adventure where you have a paragraph book You've got the sort of the exploration part of the paragraph book at the start. So when you go on to a new tile, you can read what's happening there. And then if you choose to explore, basically that's where you can have conversations with people or you can check out paths or you can do all sorts of things. And then in the back, there's the book of secrets. And sometimes part of the exploration will be to take you to a secret paragraph where the story sort of unfolds. Now, often these games can be quite linear. Because, you know, you go to A, then you go to B, then you go to C. Yes. And if you go back to B, well, it's going to be the same as it was before. But what this game has, it has these things called statuses. And so, and there's like like a whole page of them. Yep. And it will tell you, as you go to a certain place, it says, okay, you've now got part one of the drinking from your left hand status and you tick it off. And then when you go to another paragraph, it might say, well, if you've got part one of the drinking from your left hand status, you can have... This interaction by reading this verse. Yeah, okay. But if you haven't let, yet learned how to drink out of your left hand, well, you've got to go to this paragraph. Yep. And so this is how the story branches with all these different statuses. So, you, I mean, it's it's Avalon, it's King Arthur. So let's just say at some stage you will meet the lady in the lake. That's not a spoiler, I don't think, because no. she's going to be in it somewhere. She's going to be kicking around. But, of course, if you've done A when you meet her... Yeah. Something might happen. If you've done Z and Z was like a bad thing, something completely different could happen and, you know, multiple other options. Mm. And that's how the story develops. But it's also that's how there is surprisingly quite a bit of replayability in this game, Mm -hmm. even though you might say, well, after I've played 15 chapters, given, Mark, that it's taken you, uh, I'm feeling like maybe we've played 15 hours so far. Yeah. And we're, I think we're about to finish Chapter 4. Wow. Now, so I believe some chapters are longer than others. Uh-huh. Um, some chapters might only have one quest. Some might have multiple quests. You can get side quests in this game that you may <laughs> or may not go after. And, of course, they might get you more statuses. Mm. The more statuses you get, the more options you have when you go into a town or go on exploration. The story really does unfold, and it is quite a, as I said, a well-written story, I'm finding it quite captivating. I think that has been the one, the biggest compliment I've heard about this game is that the story, because there's a lot of these games out there now, your your campaign games, your legacy games and whatnot, and a lot of them have a relatively basic story or a story that doesn't get people intrigued or involved. Yeah. Like, for instance, with Gloomhaven, I know it's the number one game of all time, people will love it, but I've mentioned before that I'm not the hugest fan because when I, the few times I played it, I found the gameplay, it was fine, I didn't love it, but it was fine. But if there was a really compelling story pushing me 
further. I probably would have went further with the game and maybe I could have learned to like the gameplay a bit more and then kind of gone from there. I'll compare it very quickly to a video game. I'll compare it to The Witcher 3, a game that we both absolutely love. The gameplay in that, to be perfectly honest, I don't think is... That special, I could it name. Can be a bit repetitive. I can name a hundred other games that are better. And a game that took me a hundred hours, yep. I was playing the same way in the first five minutes that I was at hour one hundred. However, because the story yes. and the characters in that yes. game are so damn good, I didn't care. Yes. Whereas I've played some other games where ten minutes in, I've gone, I'm bored of this, and off you pop out of the system already. So the fact that this has got good writing and that it's when well, the gameplay is good as well by the sounds of it, which is grand, but that good writing will keep you there a hundred hours later, whereas good gameplay probably won't. Yeah, and look, the, the the biggest complaint that I've heard about this, from, and I've read in a couple of other reviews, is that it can be a little bit grindy yeah. because you've you've always got to. Um, activate these men here's either yep. to let you stay around because if you if the men here goes out where you are yep. you basically start to take damage and you have to move away to one that is lit and mm-hmm. if there's none lit you start taking more damage and you're quickly going to die it is it can be quite a harsh game yep um and that can be a bit grindy because you've got to gather the resources. Different menus need different resources to, to activate. And that can feel a little bit grindy. Although what I have found, and as I said, I'm still only in the early stages, is the menus are spaced out that it sort of keeps you moving. You don't want to go back yep. and spend too much time in the one place because you want to go to the next menu here and light that so you can get access to more places, which means you don't sort of do the thing like I know I found myself doing in the seventh continent, which is explore every single option yep. on every single card. Although yep. I guess in that you've got the, the food running out keeps you moving. Yep. But in this, because the men here is only you only activate them for five, six, seven turns, yep. you don't have a lot of time to hang around. So to me, that keeps you moving along. That's my experience so far. Yeah, good. So look, I mean, I am having an absolute ball with this. As I said, the, the story is fantastic. I know that I've got two expansions coming <laughs> in the second round, so it's going to have a huge amount of gameplay. The game itself is absolutely gorgeous. It's got gorgeous art, gorgeous minis. Um, I really like the tutorial system. That works really well. Because there's a lot of information on cards, mm-hmm. it is one of those games where sometimes you feel like you need to look up little rules a lot, Yep. just like we found with Nemesis, Yep. where just... The cards just add these little nuances that you you almost feel like you're never quite sure you're doing it right or not. And yeah. even if you, you feel like you need to check just in case. Mm-hmm. But um, as I said, look, I, I've played this for 15 hours. We had a list of seven or eight campaign games that we were going to try and get to over Christmas. Yep. We started this one and we didn't touch any of the others. Yeah. It's still on our table. We can't wait to play the next chapter. Yeah. Now, as I said in previous times, that I'm pretty much done with campaign games at the moment because I simply don't have the time and I've discovered, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Oh, it's a lovely map. Yeah, it's got a lovely map, which is sort of very rough. So it's not like you can go, I'm going to go here, here. Because you don't know, it's well, this map was made a hundred years ago, Leon. You don't yeah. even know if that thing still exists. But that being said, out of all the campaign games out there at the moment, the one that is tempting me the most probably is this okay. that I would like to try. At least the tutorial mission of, and then to yeah. kind of see how I go. Whether I ever do it is a different story. Yeah, you but might, you might have to wait for the other. Yeah. 100 hours until we finish. Yes, possibly. But either way, <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it and so are a lot of people as well. So, Absolutely. The good thing is a lot of these games out there now, these big Kickstarter games, people are like, oh, there's so many hundreds of dollars. The amount of game you get in these hundreds yeah. of dollar games, it's most of them are well worth it and it's good to hear. Look, even if I only play this through once, yeah. you know, I, I will 
it could go close to uh, probably not a hundred hours. 50 or 60 hours maybe, which is just amazing. I mean, what other game are you going to play for that? And then there's two yeah. more expansions. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so, look, it's a lot of fun. Tainted Grail, there you have it. We'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about H.H. Holmes' Murder Castle. We do. You're with the Diceman Come With an Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Hello, everyone. It's Mark here, the eldest statesman of the Diceman Cometh, just wanting to take a quick opportunity to say Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everyone that has been supporting us on Patreon recently. We've had a little bit of a jump in supporters and we appreciate it so much. Every cent that you give us goes into getting us to board game conventions, things like BorderCon, PAX, SN Unplugged, and even hopefully early next year, CanCon where we can report back to you on what's happening. We'll have interviews with designers and artists and publishers and gamers as well, and you'll know what you're missing out on. We appreciate your support so much. Look, if you've been on the fence thinking about whether or not to support us, I say just jump in for as little as a dollar a month. You won't even notice it, but we certainly do, because unfortunately, airfares out of this little island where we live are pretty expensive. But hey, enough of me. Let's get back to the action. Thank you again. Talk to you soon. Ah, there you go. We're going to leave our friends, the Foo Fighters, there with their monkey wrench. You're on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. With the Diceman Cometh, proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. Keep an eye out for their uh, school holiday events and, of course, check out their online sale at lfg-ausaus.com.au. Now, Leon. Yes, sir. We were lucky enough mm-hmm. to be sent by the kind people yes. at Blueprint Gaming Concepts. Very nice of yeah. them. In the US, uh-huh. they reached out to us, would you believe it, on Instagram ah. to uh, see if we'd be interested in getting a preview copy mm-hmm. Of their upcoming Kickstarter, HH. Oh, no, what's what's the full title? It's called Crimes in History. Colon. Colon. HH Holmes Murder Castle, which implies to us, we haven't actually asked them, which we probably should have if we were better <laughs> at our jobs, uh, to that there is going to be more games in this series. Yeah. So they're going to cover other famous crimes in history, which could just be, they could be other murder stuff, they could be famous heists in history. Mm. I mean, the world is their oyster because, you know, humans have been doing horrible things for a very long That's time. That's why crimes is a sort of a broad category. Yes. Now, and I will say, Leon, yes. from a point of view of ignorance, mm-hmm. when I heard the title, yep. I was sort of like, well, if you're going to make up a fake crime, yep. why would you call the person Holmes? Yes. Because that's just kind of... Confuse people exactly, and then I discovered mm-hmm. no, no, this is actually a real crime, and you've actually done some research. I've done a little bit. I won't spoil most of it because, like I said, if anyone's out there is a fan of true crimes, which nearly everyone is these days, yeah, um, it is a hell of an article. It's a hell of a Google one night if you've got a spare hour because it doesn't sound real at all. What happens? Either way, I'll give you a quick synopsis of the game. So you travel back in time to 1893 to explore. The Twisted and Unpredictable World's Fair Hotel, because the World's Fair in Chicago was happening at the same time that this hotel was first set up by this crazy man, and the first Ferris wheel ever was there, which plays an important part in the game. The Ferris wheel was a a lovely little motif in the game. And uh, so you race to collect evidence while battling through the absurdity of a chaotic booby-trapped castle or hotel, or while dodging Holmes himself. Murder Castle is a collection and battle 
cattle racing experience across a sprawling castle for two to six players. Now, that, to me, sounds very, very interesting. The elevator pitch for this, as we were discussing in the car on the way over here, is basically think betrayal on House of the Hill except you're in a crazy murder castle and you're trying to do set collection and racing to the finish as opposed to waiting for that betrayal to yeah. pop out. Which, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's me in a nutshell. And so, it even plays similar time or maybe even slightly quicker than betrayal, depending I'd on what. I'd say it would be what, less. This, you know, with betrayal, obviously, some of the cases can go quite long. Yep. This, this plays quite quickly. Yeah, it says... Uh, Basically up about an hour long, and I think roughly 10 minutes either side, that is yep. probably what you're looking at, which for a racing game and for a game of this complexity, which is not overly complex, it's a game you could teach to new gamers relatively easy, but it's got some depth in there as well for, for us season lot, that, that sounds about right. And look, let's say that you don't often see those two elements combined together, no. a race game yeah. and true crime. No, especially when you're exploring a... A, a, a murder castle. A, a murder insane castle <laughs> like this. So H.H. Holmes was a bad man back in the day. Uh, he did lots of horrible, horrible things. So how this game starts is you're going to set up with tiles, which is where the comparison to betrayal comes in. And as you said before, like your seventh continent, your the game will be on tiles and you'll be exploring this castle as it, um, it expands, but you'll have homes in there with you. So the characters you're playing as, normally in these type of games, you play as your heroes. So you'd think well, you're trying to stop a murder, you think well, you're going to be invested Investigators, or you're going to be maybe a local politician or something. No, 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 no. The characters in this are people that are not necessarily. Some of them are kind of friends of this man, or some of them actually helped him build this crazy hotel. Mm. They, just, they just didn't realise what he was going to be doing when. Half oh, what? What's that? You you want a murder room over here? Oh. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? No. <laughs> why in this bedroom do you have a three-foot cube? Uh, it's like a seven-foot stone cube underneath this room <laughs> with nothing in it whatsoever. Oh, I'm just going to use that for storage. You oh, sure storage. you want this trapdoor here? Yeah. Trapdoors everywhere. And why are so many doors leading to just brick walls? Anyway, you'd have to ask the man himself. So, like I said, the characters you're going to be playing, you're going to be playing people that are a little bit dodgy. But these dodgy people have collected some evidence because the way that this game works is there are five separate bits of evidence that you're going to be trying to collect and the person that collects the most and gets out of this crazy mm. castle is going to be the winner. So they're going to be running to the cops, collecting their reward for, you know, all those people that have been disappearing from the World's Fair? I think we found where they might have come from. So... A randomly selected startup where there's a deck of about 20 odd cards you will flip over them and everyone will start with different pieces of evidence that they've already collected so straight off the bat not everyone is going for the exact same types uh, evident types yeah. which is a nice touch because you don't want everyone rushing for the same stuff and anytime you can add a bit of variety to any game is always a plus so when the game starts you will start off in the pharmacy as well as there'll be three basement tiles connected to it and the reason for this is because in real life, H.H. Uh, Holmes set himself up as a pharmacist. He was probably had no training whatsoever because he was a very dodgy con man who'd done lots of uh, fraud and tax evasion and whatnot. And by this point, I think he'd been married three times with no divorces. It was a very weird situation. Very strange. Yeah. Anyway, so you start off in the pharmacy and you're going to be moving through the, through the castle. So the way that the game is going to work is that there's going to be six different action tiles that you're going to be choosing from on your turn. You will be able to explore the castle, which is where you'll be flipping over 
tiles from this tile deck and you'll be placing them onto the board. So expanding the castle into lots of different rooms. And some of them are simple things like the kitchen or home's apartment or the room of three corpses. You know, (laughs) the regular stuff. But some of them are really cool. The things like there's a maze room, which is like two different rooms connected into one. There's a steel vault, which is just a room that has lots of evidence in it, but there's no way to escape it. So there's heaps of different ones like that in there. And The dark closet. Yes, the dark closet. nothing really special special about it but it's very dark yeah Uh, there is also um, an expansion to this game that I should mention called the second floor expansion in that expansion that actually adds some more uh, rooms to the house on the second floor funnily enough and those ones are a little bit more complicated as well as they've put in a mode in that where you can someone can play as Holmes himself so it goes from being two to six to possibly two to seven players Uh, we can't mention anything about that because we haven't had a chance to play it yet so far we've played this with two and four respectively over the last couple of days so yeah so you can explore to put more rooms out you can move which is pretty simple you move uh, just a small spot into other rooms there's another card that's move even more so kind of like much more exploring but the cards are slightly different because they do something which is a thing that I like in a lot of games that keeps everyone involved is that you pick an action to do you do that action and you get a really buffed up version of that action. So, Because the next one I'm going to talk about is, say, collecting evidence, which is where you collect the evidence cubes from the place you're in. If you pick that action, you get to collect double the amount of evidence. You get to pick twice as much. But once I've done that, the next person in turn order, they get to collect some yeah. evidence. So it is one of those games where... I get to do something really good, but then everyone else around the table gets to follow my action. I mean, I think originally it was Puerto Rico yes. was probably the first game that had that. Yeah. And then the one that came to mind straight away, uh, straight away for me was Race for the Galaxy, of course. Yes, yeah. and heaps of games have done that yeah. since. And to be fair... It's one of those gimmicks that I don't think everyone ever sees it and goes, oh, I hate that gimmicks in game. No, it's brilliant because it keeps everyone yeah. in the game. It's never not your turn, essentially. Exactly. Sometimes your turn's a bit dodgy because, oh, they've done the explore when I'm in a room with no open doors. I'm not <laughs> yes. going to be exploring much, yes. but oh well. So you will explore and move around and there's even one card that can let you move Holmes himself and if you're the person that picks it, if he lands on you, nothing bad will happen because normally when Holmes lands on you, bad things happen because he can turn up anywhere in his house because there's only only one person that knows the insanity and every in and out of this place and that is this crazy man with his big old moustache, H.H. Mm. Holmes himself. Because <laughs> at the end of whatever action and everyone is picked, then he gets to move. So you'll flip over a card from a deck, so an automated deck, which will then tell you where he moves. Now, this is where... He has his three little basement spots, which is where he goes most often. So he kind of prowls back and forth in the basement, as you would expect for a crazy psycho man. (laughs) But sometimes he does come out and he lands on you. And when he lands on you, he does what is called a home strike, which is where he takes a bit of evidence from you. So it happens not too often, which we have kind of discussed as a thing that's interesting about this game, is that it kind of feels sometimes that, especially in the early game, you flip over a lot of those tiles, a lot of them haven't been explored in the house yeah, yet. Yeah, because they, they refer to yes. specific tiles. He yes. can go to, you know, the murder room or the dark closet or the steel vault, and yeah. if none of those are out, yeah. he just stays still. Yeah, which is a bit annoying. However, a lot of them do have multiple choices mm. on them, which the person that flips yep. the card can do. But as I said, early in the game, he doesn't seem to move a lot, which seems like a little bit of a wasted opportunity because he is, you know, the kind of the thing of the game that he's supposed to be rather scary, but he doesn't do a lot. However, when he lands on you and takes one bit of evidence away, it doesn't sound like much, but it can be a really big deal. Because as I said, this game 
plays in less than an hour. When we just played it then in less than an hour when I taught uh, you and your partner Sarah yeah. and me and my wife Sarah who played two player the other day we would have finished it in slightly less than an hour but yep. we were kind of gas bagging and at the pub doing our normal thing <laughs> but yeah it, and it was a bit of a shame that he he didn't feel like much of a presence early on but when he hits you and takes just one bit of evidence away it can be a real really not good in the later game yes. when a lot of the castle has been explored and a lot more evidence isn't going to come out mm. because when a new room comes out evidence cubes will go onto there based off this cool ferris wheel uh, board that they have and then that ferris wheel will move around and new cubes will come off of that which is quite a cool little mechanic i found yeah and so you mentioned there uh is it there's four different types of evidence five um um that's right um which is signified by the five different color uh, yeah. of cubes and so when you fill the ferris wheel of course those cubes are filled at random yep so the fer- each ferris wheel section is where the cubes are coming, going on the board. So you might really want blue evidence, which I can't remember what it relates to. They all relate to the different blue evidence, types of evidence. Is the castle blueprint? So it's more evidence oh, that blueprints. this place is insane. Yep. Uh, the yellow is f- uh, false insurance claim, which is what he was famous before before all the crazy murdering happened. Uh, the uh, the green is money from sold skeletons, <laughs> yes. which should be a fair giveaway. <laughs> Um, uh, the white is uh, ad- advertisements for lodging at this hotel, yep. even though no one ever seemed to leave this hotel. That's uh, like Hotel California. And then orange is victim remains, yes. which I say is a fairly strong piece of evidence there. There you go. So, And uh, as I said, when the evidence comes out onto the Ferris wheel and from there it'll go into the rooms, yep. um, it's, ran- it's taken out of a bag, so you never know what type of evidence, which means sometimes you, you know, it's a bit of a... Uh, a race for a particular colour or a particular type of yeah. evidence. And another one of the actions you can do is draw cards from the event deck. Mm. If you're the person who picked it, you get to pick, draw two cards if you want. Everyone else gets to pick one. And the event deck is really important to add the flavour to this game because there is a lot of cards in that event deck. I think it's about an 80-odd card deck. And it adds a lot of different things to the game, yeah, um, which I think is really, really cool because this game is not cooperative in the slightest. Like I said, you're not really nice people. No, Sarah. No, yeah, yes, your lovely partner Sarah was doing <laughs> trying to be as pleasant as possible while the rest of us were just like, I'm going to do horrible things take to everybody that. when I have the yeah. chance to. And there's there's some great there is some great take that moments in the event cards. Yep. And there's also some of those. Ha! You thought you got me, but no, I've got this counter. And yeah. you know, sometimes it'll just stop you, or sometimes it'll flip it back on the other person, or it'll yep. flip it to a third person. And like every good game, all the characters do have unique special abilities. And now these are one-off special abilities, which you might say, oh, that's a bit only one-off. But again, this game plays 45 minutes or an hour, and they're pretty strong. They can turn the tide of an entire game. So it makes sense to be them only one-off. And they're quite thematic to the the personalities of the character as well. So overall, I think the game was was quite enjoyable, and I would would happily play it again. Like I said, with the, the random setup at the start, and with the event cards that kind of change everything, the different character abilities, and it's easily expandable with... We could easily add that second story to make the different rooms come out and whatnot. Uh, my only real gripe, like I said, was the, the the homes. He doesn't feel like much of a threat in the early game, but I get it because if he landed on people a lot sooner... Yeah, the game could go forever. The game, A, could go forever. And also, like I said, even when you lose one bit of evidence, it could be a real bugger and bugger up a lot what you're doing. Like, yeah. for instance... We were near the end of our game, which we didn't get to finish because we had to run off to the studio. Uh, but your partner, Sarah, had her entire uh, board filled and she had just had to get to the pharmacy and get out and she would have won. And I took 
I put Holmes on her. No, so I think I pickpocketed her and took a green cube yes. off her and there was no other bits of green evidence on the board. Mm. So the only way for her to do it would have been to get to a spot where she could get to uh, explore a new thing, explore it, hopefully there was some green on the Ferris wheel, get it out and pick it up. That way, realistically, is like seven, eight turns to yeah. get all that done which she would not have had that no. late in the game. So, yeah. And your lovely lady wife did have a full board and she, she was did. deemed to be the winner. Yes, yeah, so she got to wear the top hat of fun. And now one of the things that I'll say about this game, then, is both of us mm. sort of said independently, ah, oh, this game was a lot better than what we expected because sort of when you read the brief, firstly it's like, what? Yeah. Because I, I don't know whether... Because we're here in Australia and we had never heard of this H.H. Holmes and his crazy goings-on and his crazy <laughs> murders. You know, they talk about that he murdered anywhere between nine and up to 200, 200 people. people. Yeah, um, History, they're, they're, history's yeah. weird. Yeah. Check out that Wikipedia article. But anyway, reading through it, we, we were sort of, yeah, sounds a bit simple. Um, yep. But I actually found it was a lot of fun. I think... Look, I'm someone, as, of course, you will have heard from me talking about Tainted Grail, story to me is really important. Yep. And I would have loved there to be a lot more story in this game. Yep. But then again, I was talking about a game that plays over 50 and 60 hours. Yeah. And, you know, this is a, is quite a quick game. Yeah. So certainly on the lighter end of the scale, uh, that's for sure. And um, another thing we mentioned is, well, you've got five different types of evidence. Couldn't the evidence be a bit more... Evidency, as opposed to just cubes, which I do understand. But when it comes to the story, I mean, yeah. when you're in this booklet, as I said, we've got a prototype version. It is on Kickstarter at the moment, but the prototype version we've got it does give you a full page of the kind of the backstory of yeah. this hotel, as well as all those evidence cards that add different things like the event cards. Yeah, the, uh, the event cards. Sorry, that yeah. add things like you know trap doors and various different things. They're all things that. Did happen in real life, yeah. So they do add to the theme, and the theme I do think is really, really good. Yeah. Um, they like said if those cubes were slightly different, they might bring it out a little bit more as you're playing it. But for a game that's only about an hour or so, and from a company that this is their first game out, I've I think they're doing relatively well, and I'd be interested to see how well they go. Hopefully, the Kickstarter goes really well. There's a good chance that um, we'll put it this way: if I didn't already own a copy of the game that they they lovely lovingly sent us, I would have backed this quite happily because the theme is something I've always been interested in. Because because, you know, metal and whatnot. Uh, um, but, yeah, it's worth having a look at. That's yeah, for sure. so for me, if you have enjoyed something like Betrayal, yep. um, Haunted House on Horror Hill yep. by H.H. Holmes, yep. if you've enjoyed that game, I'd say you would definitely enjoy this game. Blueprint Gaming Concepts have said they're on Kickstarter now. It's only been there, I think it's at this stage, when it's Thursday, it's only been going about two, three two days? or three days. Yeah. It's already over 75% funded. Which so basically means it will be funded. Yeah. Yeah. So, so whether they hit a lot of their stretch goals or not, it's hard to say at this point, but it's definitely going to be funded so you could get your hands on a copy of this. So, um, yeah, no, I think it is definitely worth a look, that's for awesome. sure. Awesome. Um, now, Leon, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Sure. Um, not even time to go to one final song. But nope. what I thought I might mention is I stumbled across... Some more Board Game Geek stats um, where there was some analysis done of the whole year of 2019. So from the 1st of January to the uh, 2019 to the 1st of January 2020. Yep. A um, couple of interesting things. Now, we mentioned last week about Nemesis, how it had, um, at the start of January, just creeped into the top 50 now, or uh -huh. the start of December, I think. Yep. Um, now, I must, maybe I got that not quite right, because in the year... 
There were four games that dropped out of the top 50 across the year. Yeah. Uh, Key Flower, yep. which is sitting at 51. Dominant Species, which is now sitting at 52. Kalis, which dropped from 47 to 54. And Rising Sun, interestingly, huh. which dropped from 50 to 61. Now, of course, that made room for four new games. Now, we already mentioned one, Nemesis. Now, it came in um, at the end of December. It actually got as high as 46. Lovely. As of yesterday, uh-huh. it's 43. Nice. And I remember what I mentioned about the average rankings before. Uh-huh. Um, it's average ranking is 8.5 after 6,300 people have ranked it. So it is definitely climbing. Yep. Now, I guess... In order to go up more, I'm, they need to sell probably a lot more copies because pretty much all the Kickstarters are out there now. I yeah, it's got to get to retail, which I don't really know how much Awakened Realms really do yeah, much of a retail. Same. I've seen this war of mine in shops, but yes, not much else. Yes, that definitely was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now, the other three games, Root. Yes, fair um, Of course, obviously, it only came out this year, so it's gone from nothing up to 39 in the top uh, 100. Wow. Um, Anachrony. Um, at the start of the period, it was 61. Mm-hmm. It's now 48, so it's made a bit of a climb there. Um, the big mover, no surprises here, Wingspan. Obviously, okay. new out this year. Yep. Or, sorry, new out in 2019. Yep. So it wasn't in the rankings before, but it's gone up to number 30. Wow. Not bad for a pretty short period of time. Yeah. Uh, Stonemeyer can really pretty much do no wrong these days. Yeah. Um, so, look, that's about all I've got. The only other thing I will mention quickly um, is I noticed, because I was having a bit of a look at Kickstarter, there was a big campaign from Monolith uh-huh. where it was sort of a bit of a hodgepodge. Because it, um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Leon, in the Batman system yes. from Monolith, there, there was the one game and then there was the versus game they were like two different things is that right yeah there was lots of different ways to play that game there was the versus system where you could use i've got these many heroes you've got that many heroes let's rock and roll yeah and then there was the other way which was more of the scenario based things so i think what they were trying to do with this kickstarter is they did have some expansions for conan and batman but then they also had this they were trying to apply this versus system and they were saying well Later on, we're going to bring out more games where you can use this system. So this will give you the system you can use when we bring out those more games. Uh, and I think what... So, to cut a long story short, it's been cancelled. Right. After only a few days. Um, clearly because they thought that it wasn't going anywhere near as well as it should. Yeah. And reading the post on Facebook that Monolith uh, posted, or it's also in the in the final update, is people got confused. Yeah. And if they just launched... An expansion, probably millions of people would have backed it. Well, put it this way: I was a backer of Batman, a big backer of Batman, even though the game I wish was a slightly better, but I still liked it because it was Batman. I didn't even know about this until you told me about it, and I'm sure I probably got the emails. I just hadn't noticed them or paid much yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's literally only been out a couple of days, and they've already cancelled it. Yeah. So, um, what I might do is I might do a full Kickstarter update next week. Yes, when we haven't run out of time, because that's what we've done again. Yet again, run out of time because all of the games. Well, look, thank you so much to our sponsor. LFG. Check him out, lfg-oz.com.au. Yep. Play all the games. Be sure to have a look at H.H. H. Holmes Murder Castle, which is on Kickstarter now. Get on it. And we will join you next week. Just you and I again, Leon, I think. Certainly shall. Okay, we'll see you then. Bye. 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 We might. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their flagship events LFG Sydney 
and LFG Essen Unplugged, as well as their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicebencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.